Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So wonderful to be part of a local church where the Spirit of God is moving, you know, and we've seen such an incredible anointing flowing through this church in the last few weeks. And um, I've been amazed just starting to see the new things that God's doing. And who knows that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And this year, God wants to use you. He's got plans for you. He's got a purpose for you. He is not limited by your limitations. He's not limited by your circumstance. He's not limited by anything that you might look at yourself and think, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. God wants to use you. And He can use you in powerful ways to make a difference in this world. We're called to be children of light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And I love what Tina was sharing this morning, that in the name of Jesus, we have authority over the power of the evil one. It can be very intimidating sometimes looking in the world with some of the things that we're confronted with today. But we know this, that greater is he who is within us than he who is within the world. And evil will always seek to intimidate us. Evil will always seek to shout us down and stomp us down and criticize us. But we know that when we stop listening to that and start getting our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, there is nothing that we cannot do in the power of his name according to his will. I got a call this week from a friend of mine who lives in Melbourne. He visited our church in, um, I think it was about August last year and um, he's a real he's got a real prophetic gift and um, he's an intercessor and he said Suzanne your church is just constantly on my heart he's he's been praying and believing and back in November he um, sent me an email saying Suzanne a friend of mine who's in America has stopped in the middle of his service and prophesied over your church and he sent the prophecy through which we shared with our elders and um, our worship team and what this prophecy, if I give you the guts of it, said was that in the 70s and the 80s, there were prophecies over this region, over the Illawarra region, that God was going to pour out His Spirit in our region. And um, Anthony just said, I don't know if you know the significance of this, Suzanne, but one of the prophets that was quoted in that prophecy actually passed away one week after that prophecy was given to your church. And there is something about the fire that carries on amongst the saints that we go, that we take that torch and this generation that we're going to go forth and we're going to be a beacon in this generation that we believe that that outpouring of God that we've been on our knees for is going to happen. And it is happening. There was a prophecy last year that honor was being restored to our church and we've seen the fruit of that. Do you know? that even Jesus couldn't do miracles where there was no honor. Honor is so important. If we want to see a move of God's Spirit, we need to honor. We need to honor each other. We need to honor our leaders. We need to honor our pastors. We need to honor our movement because honor is from God. And as we honor, we're going to see an outpouring of miracles and signs and wonders that we come expectant for what God is going to do. We've been um, looking at a new series Pastor Shane introduced a few weeks ago called I Choose. And I think what an amazing series to start the year on for all of us. You know, it's always a bit of a catalyst, isn't it, when you start a new year thinking and reflecting upon things. And to a large extent, we can't choose what happens to us in life. And Pastor Shane 
shared about surrendering those things we can't control to God, which is so important. It was an awesome message. But we can always choose how he responds to what happens to us. You know, all of us have circumstances beyond our control. All of us have things that we can't change, but we can change how we respond to those things. We're a product of our choices. Over the last few weeks, we've seen that we are choosing purpose over popularity and choosing surrender over control. And today, we're going to be looking at choosing discipline over regret. And I know this, that there's power in the Word of God. And as His Word goes forth this morning, that for each person sitting in this place, there is a Rima Word of God for you, for your life this morning. If you'll open up your hearts and say, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say to me personally this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your Word, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your power, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this place today. Lord, you are here to meet with us, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would just now make a conscious decision to hear from you today, Lord God. Open our eyes that we would see. Open our ears that we would hear, Lord, that there would be a spirit of revelation in this church today, Lord God, for us to understand and know in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a challenge to all of us today with our lives. What do I need to choose now to achieve what matters most? And if we look at discipline and regret, we can all look at that and go, hmm, I relate to that. I relate to that when I ate too much on my holiday and now half of my wardrobe doesn't fit me anymore. We all do things, don't we? We, do like, we feel like doing that in the moment. And then we regret later when we get on the scales after eating way too much cheese. So we all know about that. We all know about if we choose not to exercise. We choose not to exercise, we can often end up with health problems and on medication. They're just some practical things. But in life, we're all going to experience pain. Pain is inevitable, unfortunately. Pain's not from God. Pain is a byproduct of the curse that happened when the human race rebelled against God. So pain is not from God, but on this planet, that's inevitable. And, you know, sometimes there's pain in life we can't avoid. There are things that are completely beyond our control. You know, we might suffer an injury. We might go through loss. We might lose a loved one. We might be betrayed by somebody. We might go through someone who's unfaithful to us. There are so many things, so many things in life that are pain beyond our control and it's wonderful you know that we we started to really see God how we can surrender those things we can't control last week but this week is about the pain we can choose different types of pain so if we look at look at everyday life if we look at our kids there's the pain of obeying mum and dad or the pain of the consequences of not obeying mum and dad when mum and dad say don't touch the fire it's going to burn your finger. And the little kids hear mum's voice. La, 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 la. But I like that flame. It's pretty and orange. And it ooh, looks nice. I want to touch it. I'm not going to listen to my mum. Ow! Natural consequences of life. Pain of obedience. Pain of consequences. There's the pain of studying now. Who knows that it's hard to study? Does anyone find it easy to study? I don't. I find studying really, really hard. I found uni really hard. And, you know, but if we study... We can have the, choose the pain of studying now 
Or we can choose the pain of lost opportunities later. Or if you really bludge and don't do any work, you're basically guaranteed a failure and then your consequences extra hex debt. <laughs> then there's the pain of saying no to temptations. Who knows it's hard to say no to temptation? My daughter made this awesome raspberry ripple that was completely naughty. It had butter in it. It had chocolate in it. It had raspberries in it. It had coconut in it. She brings it out. I did have a piece on the first day, but last night I looked at that raspberry ripple and I spoke to that raspberry ripple and I said, I am not eating you. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in pain right now. I'm resisting this temptation, resisting it. But you, have, you either have the pain of saying no to that temptation or the pain of, you know, in some cases with temptation, we can have the pain of addiction later in life as well. There are big temptations and small temptations and greater consequences. Then there's the pain of budgeting now, not spending money, planning your finances, or the pain of climbing debt later or going without. So either way, it's pain. And in all those examples there, there's a choice. There's a choice of which pain we choose. And that choice can be summarized by, I choose the pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. Now, we know that most of the time we know what we should be doing, don't we? We often don't need anyone to tell us. We know what we should be doing. There's an inner knowing. We know our health's important. We know our future's important. We know our relationships are important. We know obeying God is important. But yet we make these daily choices that go against those things that are so important to us. If I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, I know I should, but... Have you ever heard that? Have you ever said that? I know I should, but... So now we're going to be thinking about what's beyond the but. I know I should, but... But I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I know I should. I know I'm going to get a long-term benefit out of it, but I really don't want to do it now. And the problem is for all of us, we're all in the same boat, what I want now screams louder to us a lot of the time than what I want most. And as we understand that, we can start getting dominion. Oh, someone even loosened it for me today. Thank you, whoever looked after my bottle for me. We know that I'm accident prone when it comes to water when preaching. So what I want now screams louder than me. So how about when you know you should be having quality time with your kids, there's something online or on your screen or on the telly, it's screaming louder at you for your attention than maybe what your child is who might be lonely over there who really wants to spend time communicating and connecting with you. But what you want now is screaming louder to you than what you want most, which is having a quality relationship with your kids. That's just one example. What about this one? All guilty of this one. Sleeping in instead of getting up and going for that walk. You know you need to exercise. You know you need to pray. You know you need to, to get out there. And, and I know this, that when I force myself to get out of bed and go for that walk and pray, I have the best day ever, always. But what I want now, lying in that warm bed, it's just so nice. What I want now screams louder to me than what I want most, which is to have a healthy, happy life and to know and be close to God. So if you look at discipline, discipline is simply choosing between what you want most over 
what you want now. Denying what you want now in order to invest in what's going to build what you want most. Choosing denial of what our brain is screaming to us inwardly. To deny that, to deny that inward brain direction doesn't come by default. We naturally give into it. We naturally give into those temptations and desires. And the more we continue to make the same choice, it's harder to change because it becomes a habit. And there's actually a psychological description of that. And basically, when we keep making the same choice, what happens in our brain physically? Neurons actually make a path in our brain. So it's easier to keep going down the same path. If you can imagine this, it's like a bush track where the bushwalkers have been walking along. That's what actually happens in your brain. There's a clearing and a pathway that happens. And to go off that track requires some bush bashing for any bushwalkers out there. We actually have to slash the bush to get through and make a way. It's hard to make new thought patterns in your mind. And that's why, because there's a physical thing that takes place. So initially, it's very hard. When your alarm goes off, the more you hit snooze and roll over, the more chance you'll have of hitting snooze and rolling over the next time your alarm goes off. But we all have that choice. It's never too late. While we, while we breathe breath, it's not too late to say, no, I'm going to discipline myself to get up. And it will feel awful the first time, especially if you haven't been exercising at all. It will feel very awful. Alarm goes up. Oh, I'm cranky. I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to go on this walk. Oh, no, I need to. Put your shoes on. Get out there. Go for a walk. Have a pray. Feel awesome afterwards. The next time the alarm goes off, it will be a little bit easier to get out of bed to the point where the alarm goes off, you get up, up without thinking about it. And that's because you've made a new habit or a new thought pattern in your mind. Now, we can apply that concept to so many things in our life. I just use that one because I think it's something we can all relate to. But there's a deeper spiritual thing at work within us. There's something deeper about why. Why, why is it easier to do what's wrong? Was it, why is it easier to do just what we feel like doing? Was, why is it easier just to give in to these things? Why do I give in to what I want instead of what I need? You know, there was actually a time in my life where I was really, really struggling with being obedient to God. I, was, um, I kept falling over, making the same mistake over and over again. I was getting increasingly frustrating that I kept falling into the same sin over and over again. I was trying to discipline myself. I was trying to control my behavior. I was beating myself up. I was not winning. The more I tried to overcome this particular behavior in my life, the worse it got and the more I failed. And I started to really um, struggle with, especially um, I was a teenager at the time and struggle with self-harm. So that was a very, very difficult time in my life. And I remember that as things got worse, I became very, very desperate, desperate for change. And what did I do? What did I need to choose right in that moment to achieve what matters most? And I chose to pick up my Bible. And this is the scripture that I read that changed my life forever. And I've never been the same. I read the chapters of starting Romans 7, I'll just read from verse 15 today. If you love to turn there with me, that would be awesome.
the Apostle Paul is, is teaching here and he's talking about an inward struggle that he has. He was one of the most amazing apostles that ever walked the earth. He was one of the most influential people in the early church and had the most amazing success story um, in ministry, overcoming all sorts of battles and obstacles. He just didn't stop. He just kept pleasing God, kept living to lead people to Christ till the day he died. And I can't tell you how encouraged I was as a teenager to open up to this passage of Scripture and realize the Apostle Paul struggled with exactly the same thing that I was facing. Reading from verse 15. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that God's law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it, or sin nature. And I know that nothing good lives in me in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I... I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I don't, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is in that is at war with my mind this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me what a miserable person i am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death and here's the answer thank god the answer is in jesus christ our Lord. And that day as I read that passage of Scripture alone in my bedroom, I got that revelation that there was this war going on on the inside of me, that sin that had been implanted in me from birth was warring against what I wanted to do in doing right and that I was unable to conquer this in my own human ability, that I needed something greater than myself, greater than my own personal determination, greater than my will, greater than my ability to come in and set me free. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. I needed to humble myself. I needed to stop trying to overcome it on my own. I needed to give up trying to change myself and humble myself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Will you come help me? And he is there for everybody who prays that prayer. He longs for us to come to him and ask him in. I chose to call on Jesus for help. And I didn't stop reading there. Romans 8 verses 1 to 2 says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And from that moment on in my life, I began to rely on the Holy Spirit for everything. That he would come in, that I would ask for his help with the small things in life, with the big things in life. And I knew that I had the power of heaven right within me to overcome 
that sin had no power over me, that I just had to give in to the Holy Spirit instead of giving in to sin nature. And it's in that process where we deny that sin nature, we deny that flesh nature, deny that wanting to give to temptation and choosing to follow Jesus. That's why we've got to take up our cross daily. We've got to die to that sinful nature, not, not dying to ourselves, not dying to your personality, not dying to who you were created to be, dying to sin, that we might follow Christ and be alive in him. But it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, all we have is religion and a human effort to try and impress God. We can rely on his Holy Spirit. Over the years, people have commented to me, Suzanne, you're one of the most disciplined people I know. And I kind of get a bit surprised by that, but then I shouldn't be surprised because I asked Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest attributes of his fruit is self-control. So as we just surrender, we give over to Holy Spirit, have your way, Lord. Self-control is evident in our lives. And we build and we get stronger and stronger. It doesn't happen overnight because God's not a magician. He's a father. And he wants relationship with us. And it's just not that matter of him clicking his fingers, oh, well, everything's fixed now. No, he wants to know you. He wants to be with you every single day that you would include him into your life, into your choices, into the decisions that you make. And he's there to pick you up when you fail and you fall down. You're frustrated He's there smiling at you, saying, go again. That's his heart. It's like a little child walking to walk, that, learning to walk. That's what our heavenly father is like with us. And there were three disciplines that the Holy Spirit led me in, in this area of discipline. He taught me to fast. In fact, that very week he led me to fast for the first time. And because I'm Suzanne and I don't do anything in halves, I decided to go on water for two days. My mother was very worried about me. It was okay. I was in year 12, and on the second day, I had an exam. And I just said, Mom, if I'm fasting, I'll be able to concentrate better. And I was sure enough, I topped the class. So Holy Spirit was with me there. But I needed to fast because I had a behavior that I couldn't control in my life. And the best way to develop self-control is to fast because you're fasting food. And it doesn't have to be food. Some people fast television. Some people fast their time online. Some people fast chocolate. Some people just fast one meal a day. Everyone is different. There is no rules. Now, I'm older. I can't go on two days. I try to go on two days on water, but it's just not possible because of my blood pressure. So everyone's in a different place. But the concept of fasting, it actually helps you to gain the reins of your choices. And from that fast of those two days, I never, ever, ever, ever again had a problem with that behavior because there was breakthrough. Fasting gives us discipline over what we do. Praying, developing the decisions, discipline over what I think. Who knows that our mind can be the devil's playground sometimes? I don't know if you ever feel like that. But you can have thoughts that go round and round and round. Anxiety comes in. Speculation comes in. If you're like me, you struggle with imaginary conversations. You have these imaginary conversations with somebody that you end up angry with this person. Hasn't even said this thing to you. I mean, you might not do that, but it's one of the things that I've had to overcome in my life. 
our minds can go in a very, very unhealthy state and our thinking actually really can affect our health as we're finding more and more. So the way to overcome, to develop discipline in our thinking is through prayer because we are making the decision to pray. And when we pray, we get our mind off our circumstance and off everything spinning around in our head, off all our circumstances and onto Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth, who sent his son to die just for me, that I would be redeemed and be made a child of heaven. And then our thinking comes into line. Our thinking will always come into line when we pray, when we pray in faith. And the third area Holy Spirit taught me was developing discipline over what I say. Now, this was an area I had absolutely no discipline in at all at the time. I would say what I thought quite regularly. I had a problem with gossip and I had a problem with not being able to rein in my emotions and it took many years to be able to develop discipline in those areas. But I learned this, the greatest key in developing discipline in what we say is through the Word of God. Because when we start to speak life, when we come into agreement with speaking out His Word over our life, then the Word comes to life and it brings about change. It's a decision. Deciding to be disciplined in what I do. Deciding to be disciplined in what I think. And deciding to be disciplined in what I say. And the Word is so powerful that even now, if my brain goes down a track that it shouldn't go down, I start thinking that way. This year, I've started this habit. It's usually at the washing line. For some reason, I start thinking about things at the washing line. I don't know why. There's nothing else to do other than think because I don't have to think much to hang out the washing. And I've started talking to myself. And in the Psalms, it, actually, the psalmist talks to him, his soul, asking his soul questions. So if my mind starts going down that path I shouldn't be going down, I start to say out loud, I'm not going to think that anymore. I'm not doing that this year. And I have been amazed that the power that comes from the spoken word, our words have power. And these are all just practical keys for us today that we can grab a hold of, you know, that God can, can help us with today. We're all different. But today, just as we begin to conclude, what do you need to do to choose now to achieve what matters most to you? What's the Lord speaking to you about this year? Big goals are awesome, but unless we develop purpose in our small steps, we'll never, ever achieve the great goals in our life. We need to have a clear strategy. Sometimes we've got to take a step back and get perspective. You know, It's very easy to just go along every day, every day, every day, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas again. and We haven't done any of the things that we wanted to do at the start of the year. But there's a way that we can. There's a way that we can be full of purpose. We can develop a strategy and identify the steps to get there. And um, Ian and I have been challenged this year um, to really look at the small things in our life, to look at our daily habits, the little things, having a look at really focusing on going back to memorizing Scripture on a daily basis, you know, just one verse, have that verse where you meditate on it, all day, memorizing it. You know, things like what you have for breakfast can determine your energy levels for the whole day. Every day builds into the next for that whole year. Little things. Pacing ourselves at work, eating less takeaway and sugar, 
And making time for board games with the kids, you know, it can be very easy. We're exhausted after dinner time. We don't feel like talking or playing a game. I bought our kids Scrabble for Christmas this year. I hate Scrabble. But I know that it's important to spend time with those kids. They're growing up so fast. I said to myself, what's more important, Suzanne? Developing that, that relationship with our kids now while they're still young or sitting in front of the TV. We've had to, it takes sacrifice sometimes. It takes denying what you want to do what matters most. And I think for all of us, you know, whatever the change, everyone's different, but whatever the change, we need to be intentional. We need to be deliberate. We need to be really thinking what's most important. What's God saying to me? And just as we begin to close today, we're just going to turn to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 27. It's the Apostle Paul again, who learnt the keys of what it was to fulfill his destiny in Christ while he was on earth. 1 Corinthians verse 9, sorry, chapter 9, verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing, which means pretending to fight somebody. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You see, the Apostle Paul had purpose in every step. Purpose in every step. He took the reins of his life. See, he feared the Lord more than he feared anything else around him in his life, any circumstance, any intimidation. He feared the Lord he did not want to be disqualified from the race. That was what mattered most to him and his life changed the world forever and still goes on to change the world. We can choose disqualification, we can choose regret or we can choose discipline to succeed. means dying to what our flesh wants and what the spirit wants it means not just letting things happen but making things happen discipline is choosing between what you want most over what you want now let's just bow our heads just have a little time of reflection this morning as the worship team comes What is God saying to you? Maybe he's speaking to you about building discipline with your time this year. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's eating. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's your time online. Maybe it's in your thinking. Maybe he's leading you to set some goals for your future, for your calling, for how much time you spend in the Bible. Maybe it's your marriage or your kids. Maybe it's a sport. Maybe it's in your work. Maybe he's calling you to study. Maybe it's in your finances that he's speaking to you about. 
Maybe he's asking you to confront some challenges that are holding you back in your past, maybe in your habits. Maybe there's some addictions there that God's putting his finger on. Maybe you need to forgive this here. Maybe you've got to look at your words. Whatever it is, he wants us to discipline ourselves in what we say, what we think, and what we do. And when we're in Christ, when we're daily walking with him, not according to the flesh, being renewed inwardly, away from sin and towards his light through the power of the Holy Spirit, what matters most in eternity will come to pass. Lord Jesus, what do we need to choose now to achieve what matters most? And just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, there are people here today. You know God has been speaking to you today. You know he's calling you. You know that he has a plan and a purpose for you. There's a destiny there. You're not quite even sure what it is yet, but today all it takes is a decision to follow him and to obey him. If that's you this morning, love you to raise your hand in this place today. No one will see it. You can put it back down again. Choosing to follow him. Choosing to say, yes, Lord, I hear you, Lord. I'm going to obey you, Lord. I'm going to follow you. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Just raise your hand this morning if that's you. We're going to all pray this prayer together this morning. We all need him. And there's nothing we can do to change ourselves inwardly from being a sinner. We need our Jesus, our Savior, to rescue us from sin. He died so we could live. And not just an ordinary life, but a supernatural life. Life abundant in freedom and power and joy and peace. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and want to confess him as your personal Lord and Savior, pray this prayer after me. We're going to pray it together. Lord Jesus... I acknowledge I have sinned against you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that God raised you from the dead and confess today that you are Lord of my life. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who now lives in me and I receive you as my Saviour and commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. You can look up. Worship team is going to lead us in one last song. But at the end of that song, if you would like prayer for anything that you really feel God's spoken to you this morning, you'd just like someone to stand with you in agreement and just pray with you, we would love to do that. If you're believing God for miracles, for healing in your body, we would love to invite you down the elders to come pray for you this morning that you would receive that healing there is room for you at the altar of God amen amen